welcome back to your favorite podcast. This is Sunday Self-Care, and I am your favorite host, Sarah Lee. And this episode is going to be the best one yet. Um, To start off, over the past week, my friend asked me why I wake up so early and if I find it a little bit counterproductive. And that was a pretty good question. I was thinking and I realized I try to wake up at either 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. at the latest, even if I don't have work or class until noon, or even if it's a Saturday. So I I could understand why I was being asked that question. And to answer it in a clear and somewhat cheesy way, waking up early has just been a side effect of me taking control of my life. And I have been taking some steps to take control of my life that I'm proud of, and some side effects that I have experienced are bursts of energy, motivation during tough moments, making better choices, and like I mentioned, waking up early. And these are at times that benefit me instead of sabotaging my schedule. So assuming that these are things that you may be interested in, I compiled my experiences and my tips into three main steps that you can take to try and take control of your life starting today. No pressure. So number one is throughout the day, schedule in a weird 15 or 30 minute long creative block. And this is where you just sit with pencil, paper, and just Think about your interests and dreams. You might have to Google a couple things, that's fine, but this is your time to answer questions that you might ask yourself, like, how do I sell art? Or what am I passionate about? Or how would I even start a business selling mugs? And keep in mind, this is supposed to feel uncomfortable. And just how meditation forces you to invest time into the awareness of your surroundings and your existence, you need to force yourself to take the time to turn your creative and cognitive gears on so you can explore the things that are rooted, you know, deep within you. And after a year, hopefully when you can put these blocks together, the person that has spent 200 hours on this will be 200 hours ahead of someone who dismissed the idea and stayed comfortable, stayed comfortable. So if you have a screen time of two or more hours I feel that you have the time to do this and this should be about like 70% of America. So kind of swap out some of the things that you don't really need to focus on and put in a weird like 15 minutes here or 10 minutes there. And I think that it would be very worthwhile. Number two is be around people that support you and at least have the same work ethic as you or just try not to be around anyone at all. So Something to keep in mind is that misery loves company. And this is why sad, insecure, or incomplete persons, this is why they look for an all-day buddy or best friend that makes them feel validated about the choices that they make. So this is also why we can probably name at least one person that we know that is in that kind of position, and maybe that person is kind of yourself. But regardless, if my friends want to drink their stars away, or spend money that they don't have, or have any kind of negative conversations, they probably don't want to do it by themselves. They probably want to rope in other people. And if I am roped in, this would make me forget about what I am working hard for, which is living a genuine life that brings me happiness and minding my own business as well. Uh, But being around people that are good for you is step two because it's a conscious choice that you have to make that is usually not done well. Uh, And this is because as human beings, we instinctively want to survive by being in a pack. 
and not being too odd so that we're not noticed. And this means that we often make unconscious decisions to feel obligated to hang out. And so automatically, we think that people that we know have our best interests in mind because we value friendship and popularity. But why would they have your best interests in mind when you can't even honor your own? So by putting yourself in a position to rely on them to put yourself first, that's just doing yourself a disservice. So this feeling of obligation is just the survival instinct that you have, that your neighbor has, that your dog probably has. And honestly, you've survived this far, and I think you can survive without it. Um, we hang out with those certain people, and we just hope over and over it won't be as bad as last time, or that they will magically improve to fit your wavelength. And then we just keep leaving disappointed and feeling like where you are in life is just dismissed, because you have to constantly put your real, real interests aside to be on their level of social engagement. And you don't need this. Like I said, you can survive without it. And it is okay to let it go. Uh, I think this is a sign of personal growth as well. And this week, I encourage you to honor your personal signals and say phrases like, thank you for thinking of me, but unfortunately, I will have to decline. And if they ask why, just be honest. Say that you didn't really feel like it or you plan on reading a book or you would like some quiet time at home. And another one is, well, that wasn't really funny to me because it sounded a bit dismissive. Phrases like that sound illegal and very cutthroat. But honestly, after you do it, just try it. After you do it once, you will realize that nothing bad happened. So this is how you also start your journey to setting boundaries and living the life that you want and not wasting your time. In the long run, it also helps the other person because they will get the they will get the signal. And once they spend more time with themselves, they'll also be able to grow even more because they're not constantly being validated by um, people that don't mean to validate uh, the negative things that they do in the first place. And number three, the last step is to physically schedule your couch potato activities. Couch potato activities are things everyone does, but for some reason, no one likes to admit it. Like social media, watching TV, watching YouTube, laying in bed, and napping. And even though I only named five things, they probably take up four or more hours of your day. If you're finished with a task and want to watch TV, that's fine. I'm not complaining about that. But what I'm saying is you should write it in your schedule that you are watching TV. If you said you would watch TV for an hour and then it turned into two hours, that is also okay. I just think that you should fix what you put in your schedule. And I'm sure no one has really been doing this like as a habit since they were born. So by not doing this, your subconscious is learning that it's because these are bad, unimportant, or embarrassing habits that you indulge in. And this is why three hours can pass until your conscious mind clicks and you suddenly recognize that you've been on social media or watching TV for like three hours. And sometimes you will turn to these activities when you have a couple of free minutes in between emails or tasks and you're really just hiding from life. So writing them in to your schedule makes you respect these activities a lot more. And the next thing you know, it will take one hour versus two hours of social media for you to feel mentally full and satisfied. 
And doing this lets you acknowledge that you have a time and place for things like social media. And hopefully that'll turn into little, um, that'll trickle into other choices like waking up and instead of hopping on Instagram because you know you'll be on it for an hour later today, um, you can notice more details about yourself like what feelings you woke up with, what kind of food, places, or hobbies you have in mind, or what focus you would like to um, to acknowledge to maintain some balance in your life. And this is a lot better than just scrolling on social media and noticing other details of other people's lives, like how your friend dressed up yesterday and apparently had a better night than you and has 10 people who think she's pretty and um, commenting on all of her pages. So... Those are the three steps that I think are important to taking control of your life. To summarize, we have number one, scheduling creative blocks for yourself, even if it's just 10 minutes. Number two, evaluating who is or is not on your wavelength and avoiding the latter. And number three is start scheduling couch potato things you already do because we are all couch potatoes, but we should do them mindfully instead of using these activities as a filler to avoid life. So those are the three steps. And the second and last topic I'm going to be talking about is very, very quick, but it is about choosing your heart. And this is a mindset that I got from somewhere or that I just learned on my own, a combination of the two, but I very, very much value this. So for example, Imagine you are very passionate about something that you naturally excel in and then over time gain support, mentors, awards, and people that look up up to you. But what happens if you notice personal signals of a shift in your interests? So what happens if this is no longer rewarding to you or doesn't bring you any kind of joy? Should you feel guilty or are you just in a mental rut? If you turn to other things, would you also feel the same way? And these are questions that I feel like everyone can ask themselves um, and it would be a bit difficult to address. And this is because most people would say and to push you to persevere because apparently doing that is hard, which equals admirable. But I also think that we're not acknowledging that it is equally as hard to, to acknowledge your personal signals, honor them, take them seriously and turn that into decisions that are productive for your growth because it's equally as hard to learn from the opportunity you had and close that chapter even if it was a unique opportunity and it is difficult to work hard to open new doors in the dark as well and so we need to think about our decisions um, in different lights so another example is that you can choose to wake up at 5 a.m even though it's hard And although a lot of people would have a lot of respect for someone who said, yeah, I woke up at 5 a.m. because it sounds difficult. To be honest, in my opinion, you can choose to oversleep and work twice as fast with guilt and stress. And that is 10 times harder to me. And working hard every day is hard, but so is having missed opportunities and regret. And maybe eating healthy is difficult, but so is eating unhealthy and then having a hard time and performing well at the gym. So 
In conclusion, everything in life is hard, but what should be easy is choosing the choice that goes with the life that you want to live in. And that can be in whatever way that looks for you. And it could be in a balance of what you choose or, you know, whatever looks for you. But I wanted to mention this because I feel that we are taught subjects like science or math or finance because these topics are super inarguable. But just as you can grow in those subjects, you can also grow in the way you are living life, in the way that you tackle life. So without step-by-step chapters and equations, it's a bit hard looking into the unknown. So most people think that progressing in the way you live life is not important um, because it's just like a fog and they don't know where to start. But I feel that those people may find themselves in a rut or midlife crisis from time to time and so many times we look at other people because we want to know what's possible and everyone wants to be like other people and everyone wants to be accepted but it's not really in our culture to value finding what it means to be yourself and prioritizing being proud of who you naturally are and so a point i would like to make is that you are doing a disservice to yourself by not living a genuine life. And I think that is why you should at least consider the steps that I've talked about today or create things um, like steps or ideas for yourself to try so you can um, create your own path for your journey of uh, growth. And that is all I really have to say today. This has been the shortest podcast episode I had. This is the third one. So if you have listened to all three, I would like to thank you. And I hope that the quality of my podcasts have improved over time, but also that you enjoy the content and that you find it worthwhile for yourself. Because honestly, I could talk to myself all day and I would find that very worthwhile. So don't listen to my podcast if it's not doing you any kind of... um, any kind of service so but thank you so much for listening i hope that you really uh, enjoyed this podcast episode and i think the next episode i would like to get some input from the people that have watched or have listened to these episodes and kind of use that to guide what i talk about next so that being said i hope you have a wonderful week and please stay warm because we're going through a bit of a of a frosty area in our weather life. So this was Sunday Self-Care with Sarah Lee, and I have enjoyed my time here. Thank you.